Welcome to Foolproof Theology. My name is Chase Davis, and I'm your host. It's great to be with you here today. Today is going to be a, a bit of a different episode. I have a great guest on the show, and I'm a little biased. He's one of my best friends. Matt Patrick is on the show today. He is lead pastor at the Well Church in Boulder, Colorado, and uh, he is my collaborator in arms, my friend, great preacher. I don't know what other titles you have, Matthew. Pastrix. Co-pastrix. Uh, yeah, that's that's what we get a lot when we say co-pastor. I actually hate using that phrase. <laughs> well, Matt, thanks for coming on the show today. You bet. So today we are going to talk about our removal from Acts 29. This is an episode I've been teasing. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, I've been talking about doing this. I've been putting it off because honestly, it, it grieves me a bit to have to do this episode. I've been on other episodes. Matt's been on some podcasts uh, discussing this matter. And hopefully if you've listened to those, you sense our heart in those that we're trying to be fair. We're trying to be factual. We're trying to give the benefit of the doubt uh, where we can. Um, and so this episode is going to be a bit different for for two reasons. One, we're going to talk about actually just from our perspective, no other outside voices, just two guys who experienced it firsthand and uh, sharing our thoughts. But we're also going to be sharing the audio, which you can be looking forward to, of the uh, recording of the phone call where they did remove us. And so why don't we start there, Matt, in terms of why we're why we're releasing the audio? Why in your mind is this a necessary action at this point? Because, you know, you know me, we've talked about this. I'm, I'm hesitant to do it. Why is it important to kind of provide this kind of level of transparency? Yeah, I think it's first important to state that we never had any intention of releasing the audio. That, that wasn't the goal. Uh, the main reason um, I, I recorded it was when you have heavy conversations, um, and I just had a suspicion, I guess, that this was going to be an interesting call. That's why I chose to do it. Uh, but it's good for me to be able to go back and listen, because you can start thinking you're crazy. You know, you can be like, what did I say there? What was said to me? People are going to ask me questions if it's something bad. I just wanted to be able to reference and be precise and not be speculative. Um, not like fall into playing the victim or anything like that. So that's why it was done. Uh, we didn't intend to release it. Um, obviously, we are now, so things have changed. Um, I think it's important for your listeners to know that in Acts 29, Acts 29, in case you don't know, Church Planting Network, not a denomination. Uh, lots of different denominations represented in there, but uh, just a, a, a large network. Well, I'd say medium-sized, about 500 churches in the United States, about 700 globally, I think. And... Uh, um, that network, we were part of it for many years. And, um, once we got kicked out, you know, I, I had some conversations with some of the leaders, um, afterwards, and I just didn't understand, but then it started getting back to us that we were being lied about, uh, that for example, that men didn't want to be in a cohort that I led. Um, that's not what happened at all, actually, um, that they were kind of confused around the questions they were getting asked. And they were being told, and then they were kind of spreading that through that nobody wanted to follow my leadership in a cohort, which wasn't true. Um, the other main thing was that it started getting back to us that guys being interviewed for the network, were be, when they asked questions about our removal, what they were saying was that Chase and I were, um, this was the quote that I was given, unhinged on the phone call. Um, and that we have had numerous conversations before we got kicked out, that it wasn't a surprise to us that for us to act like that is unfair and unjust because we should have known and they'd done all their part and we were the ones that were acting crazy. I've asked them to stop doing that several times, uh, more than once. Um, I got on the phone with a board member and I said, please tell your guys to stop doing this. They're lying. He agreed to me that they were lying. Uh, and so, when it just kept happening, I was like, I, I, I even warned him again. I was like, you're going to make me tell the truth publicly. Right. And so that's why we're here today. Yeah. And I think that's important because I, you know, it does, it's not, uh, it's not a pleasant thing, you know, it's not to, uh, to do this kind of thing, but I think given the nature of the discourse, you know, there's a lot of options when I kind of thought about it and we discussed it with our elders. And that was another reason we reported is like, we wanted to be able to share with our elders so that we could be held accountable in our oversight board if there was anything that did come up on the call that we should take and consider. And you'll even hear our tone on that on the call where it's like, these are things that we need to consider. But I think uh, 
you know, that was one reason I, I appreciated recording it. I didn't know you were going to record it. And then I was like, well, I guess this is happening. And, uh, <laughs> and so I, I really am glad you did. I've done that with several phone calls in my life. And maybe some listeners have done that as well. And I hope they do hear our heart where it's more about self-accountability, self-reflection, because a lot of times when you have intense conversations, your mind hears all sorts of things. Um, and you start ruminating and believing things that maybe aren't true. You heard things that weren't said. And so it's just been really helpful to listen to it. I, I've listened to it a couple of times uh, to do that. But in terms of like, you know, providing clarity and transparency to people regarding our removal, I think that's really important for current Acts 29 pastors and people who are joining the Acts 29 network. I'm hoping this will be one of the final podcasts we do on this. And of course, by releasing the audio, there may be ramifications where they try to dispute the claims or whatever like that. I'm really not interested in that. Um, I'm really just interested in setting the record straight. Um, there's a lot of different ways we could have gone about trying to either bring clarity to this situation. We could have sent emails to every current Acts 29 pastor. We could have uh, done other things, done a bunch of social media posts, and that probably would have looked unhinged, you know, just uh, kind of going off on social. And that stuff can be a little uh, dicey in terms of perception. And you'll hear that on the call as well. But we felt like this was the appropriate way to kind of bookmark and say, because I've, I don't know about you, Matt, but I've gotten a, a dozen maybe uh, messages, DMs, emails over the last several months of people asking for clarity. And so this will be a helpful episode for me to refer back to and say, here you go, like, listen to this. And I'm not putting this behind a Patreon. I thought about putting it behind the Patreon because I, I don't like to air these things publicly, typically, but I don't want anyone to get the idea I'm here to make money uh, or, or anything or profit off this or get clicks. That's not the goal of sharing this. It's transparency and accountability for the leaders who are in charge in Acts 29. Is there anything you would add to that, Matt? Yeah, I would just say that it, it is a sad thing. Uh, we, we did love Acts 29. Um, I still do love many of the men there. Uh, that's why I even still, as of yesterday, was still reaching out to certain leaders saying, man, th this really stinks. You know, this isn't good. And I think it's important for listeners to understand there is a strong kind of separation of how guys like you and I and the current leadership of Acts 29 handle things. Uh, what I mean by that is it seems to be that there is an air now that questioning or challenging is a sinful attitude. Um, some would even say disqualifying from pastoral leadership. And I hate that. I hate that so much because if we can't ask hard questions of those who are in authority over us at whatever that means, an organization, whether it's a church or a uh, network, if we can't ask questions, if we can't dive into these things, just trust erodes. It goes away and it doesn't lead to anything. It just leads to a bunch of yes men just going along with the flow. And that just doesn't work anymore. Yep. And I think to provide some context, so leading up to this phone call that we're going to share is, you know, we had been in conversations over multiple years asking questions that were seeking clarity. Some of those questions were challenging that we were asking in private conversations to network leadership. You're going to hear Doug Logan, who we've talked to on numerous occasions. Um, I honestly have no uh, animosity towards him. Um, you know, I would if he called today, I would pick up the phone. Um, we've, we've talked multiple times about CRT and these other issues that, that churches are facing today, trying to seek understanding from each other. And then Dave Bruskas, who I've talked on the phone with, you're going to hear other people, Tyler Jones, who I think is now uh, a vice president in Acts 29 referenced. Um, my point in providing that context is we were constantly seeking clarity. Um, we're constantly asking, you know, Hey, uh, I think Matt, did you have a conversation with somebody even in the last year, right, with somebody uh, where you asked them, are we a good fit anymore? Didn't you have yeah. that conversation? Yeah, two of those. Um, one with two board, well, vice president and a board member, and another one with a vice president. And I very specifically said, um, one, just a couple months before we were kicked out, hey, I don't want to be annoying here. If it's better for us just to leave instead of asking these questions, we'll just leave and just go off quietly. Just tell me. And the response I got back was, don't you dare talk that way. We need voices like yours in the network. We need the Well Church in in Acts 29. That's what was said to me. Yeah, the same thing was said to me by uh, Logan before. 
um, how our voice is needed now more than ever. And so that's part of the reason of the surprise. That's part of the reason of the frustration on our end with lies being told about us, how we are warned multiple times. We haven't been warned multiple times. We were never told. And so we got an email, I think it was on a Tuesday uh, afternoon, summoning us to a phone call with Dave Bruscus. This was based on an email that Matt had actually sent, just asking a basic logistical question about his cohort, which we'll also hear referenced on the call. These are groups of pastors in Acts 29 that provide care, coaching, support for one another. They have a leader. And uh, these are really one of the most beautiful things Acts 29 offers to pastors, where, where pastors can get together, kind of swap war stories, encourage one another, pray for one another. But, um, but yeah, all that had had uh, Matt was kind of asking about those things for his particular cohort. And then all of a sudden he got an email back saying, Hey, we need you to get on a zoom call in the next hour. And so that's when Matt kind of was like, what's going on. And then they included me on and I was like, I'm not part of his cohort. Why do I need to be on? And they're like, you're going to want to hear this. And so immediately we're just like, okay, what's going on? So why don't we play the phone call? What you're going to hear on the phone call is Doug Logan, Dave Bruscus talking to Matt and I, hopefully you can uh, discern their voices. I might try to put some pictures up on the uh, YouTube version of if I can uh, figure out how to do that in post. Um, you're going to hear Matt a couple of times use words that we wouldn't use around children. And so I will try to bleep those out. Um, you can obviously tell the emotions are a little bit uh, hot on the phone call. I wouldn't refer to them as unhinged, but they were definitely, it's a significant phone call. And so I think the tenor and tone of the conversation reflects that. But just a warning, if you have kids in the car, uh, for that part of the phone call, you may want to tune out for that. But uh, but let's play that, and then we'll share some thoughts. Hey guys. Hey guys. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the time on uh, such short notice. I really appreciate that. You bet. Matt and, Matt and Chase, good to see you. Hey, listen, guys. This is this could be a hard conversation, and so I'd rather if it's okay with you just jump to what I'm going to tell you, and then give you guys a chance to process and respond and ask any questions you want, if that's, if that's okay with you. Sure. So, uh, you guys have demonstrated a pattern of behavior that's been combative and critical in nature, and we are not going forward with churches that can't wholeheartedly cooperate with our leadership and our work to plant churches worldwide. So, the entire senior leadership of the network is in agreement to remove you from the network as of today. Guys, that's a lot, that's heavy. I'm guessing you're blindsided by that, and I want to give you a second just to take a breath and ask questions and, and push back anything you want to do. Hmm. When you say the whole leadership, what does that mean? senior leadership team, so vice presidents, board, uh, executive team, those that would be considered senior leaders, not necessarily our lower support staff or anyone like that. And is there evidence of our combative behavior? It'd be good to know what that is. The whole thing, guys, is you know what we're talking about like you guys don't you guys have you know what what we're talking about no you, you don't know what we're talking about no we understand that we've asked questions we've we've been on phone calls i just talked to tyler jones three weeks ago so unless there's hard evidence i don't know what i'm talking about because i don't know what how we're defining terms as far as what is combative what's you know so if you're asking for us to provide either pushback or clarifications that's going to be a huge point of clarification understand as we report to our church and our elder team what have we been accused of how have we been found guilty and uh where in the acts 29 ecosystem you know we violated any terms of our arrangement Well, as it pertains to removing from the network, um, Dave has said already, senior leadership, and that includes all of us, me and Dave included on this call. But he, we also talk about the regular public critique, the regular um, um, just, just 
just the overall it's the overall posture and the re- overall regular public critique of Acts 29. That's what I'll say. The overall Acts 29 public critique of it's the whole gambit of things that collectively it just doesn't it, it it's it's not gonna work. What it's not can you it's give me I just am looking for an example. I've really been tried one principle we've tried to operate on in house with our elders is being wise about if we are going to publicly critique the network, how we go about that and who we're talking to. And so that's why I'm asking for a specific example. I'm not trying to be obtuse or, you know, difficult or act like there's not tension. I'm not trying to pretend there's something not there, but we've always tried to operate with transparency towards you guys. Um, So I'm just looking for an example that you could point to, like, this is what you said here. And therefore... No, I I hear you, Chase. I I, I don't think we're there. I think the collective overall landscape of conversations and public critiques and that tension that you speak of all collectively add up to um, an entire senior leadership is very is not wanting to walk forward anymore with you guys in the network, me included. And that doesn't make you evil. That I just don't think you guys are a fit anymore. I just think it's time with with that level of constant public critique. I, I, I don't think it's good for you guys. What, I, don't think it's good I just am trying to understand what public critique, like what? Yeah, because I'm thinking, I cannot think of a single public critique on some platform or anywhere. I, I, I might be wrong. I, if I'm wrong, I'd love to know. I can't think of a single thing that I've posted negatively or shared publicly about Acts 29. Yeah, I, I commented on one thing by some guy that used to be in the network a couple weeks ago. I'm trying to think if that's an example of what we're talking about here. I'm just trying, I understand that the it's not that I'm... When you say the tension, what, is, what do you mean by that? Maybe that'll help. Uh, it could, uh, but it's... No, still... I'm saying when you mention the tension, yeah, you so... say, oh, there's tension. So when we've brought our concerns regarding various issues regarding financial transparency, uh, direction of the network, who's in leadership, like when I asked Tyler Jones, when I talked to him on the phone and I said, hey, like, it's a little odd... You know, when I was asking if Brian Howard was at an Acts 29 church. And then, you know, I know that Harvey's church recently left the network. And so Justin is our director of training and he's not an Acts 29 church. Now that's a, that's an influx, you know, what do they call it? A a situation that's uh, like liquid or, you know, in process. So maybe he's trying to get to an action. I don't know. Totally get that because that just happened. Sorry, he just got a phone, a text from his wife that said the police are about to call Matt. <laughs> just dealing with a meth head neighbor right now. No big deal. Do you um, need to take that, Matt? We can re- no, reset. Re- okay. I don't want to keep every, it from It's fine. Every pretty. question asked, Chase and Matt, nobody's saying when you ask questions, all of a sudden that automatically trans- translates into public critique. Um, but there is a lot of public critique of Acts 29. But you're saying public, but I'm talking about private conversations I'm having with leaders. You know what I mean? That's why I'm getting confused. Is like, these aren't public things. These are just brothers chopping it up, trying to seek understanding. Just like I would want anyone in my church to do. If they had a question about the elder team, give me a call. And so that's what we've done. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't don't feel it's like that. And and, um, as we pray and even come to this conclusion... Nobody does. So when you say that, I hear you. But nobody feels that. They, we do feel the tension and somewhat of um, um, the critique being constant and, and the complaint 
about things in some regard. And but primarily, it's just continually ongoing. So there's not like some head of some exact thing, but it's a collective overall. So just to be clear, okay. there is no, just go back to the original reason. I mean, like it's on, it's y'all's prerogative. Action 29 is governed in such a way that this is entirely permissible. So my argument, my concern isn't with the permissibility of this decision to be made unilaterally against the well or us, I don't know, uh, not being part of the network anymore. I guess, you know, I just want to understand the specifics just to understand. So you're not talking about public critique. You're just talking about you, the questions and the, the concerns and the uh, perhaps criticisms in your mind tend to be constant, unrelenting, and uncharitable. How it, like, but these aren't, these are not public critiques that you're talking about. Is that correct? collective overall reality public critique or even some private conversations i guess we could add um that's not where i'm going i'm staying right into the public critique right but i'm saying that's wrong like that's not right <laughs> right i mean like you see that right i i don't how is I, it I wouldn't how I is it public? If I thought it was wrong, I know, I know. How I wouldn't have called you if I thought it was wrong. Now, listen, I could be wrong, and you seem to feel that, but I wouldn't have called you I... heavy hearted. I love you, bros. Yeah, I wouldn't be calling you all heavy hearted. About to cry right now, listening to this, having to have this conversation. If I think it's wrong, I don't think it's wrong. I think it's. I, I, I would it's just. Not, I just love it. I love like this is like going to court, and like present the evidence. Well. I don't need to. I feel this way. Well, what is it? What, what do they do? Well, we don't need to tell you that. We can just tell you they're guilty. That's what I'm hearing and as I'm interpreting it. And so that's... that's Because that's I didn't do a damn thing other than try to help this network as much as I can. When I talked to Dave at the conference, I expressed how much I love the network. I've been talking to guys going, man, I'm here. I'm not leaving. I do not quit on this thing. I want to be here. We've given this network hundreds of thousands of dollars and this is it. And so it's kind of like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I mean, if there's nothing to be said, then there's nothing to be said, but it's just going to be one of those things where I'm just like, somebody's going to ask me why. And I'm going to say, I really don't know. I, I can't give them anything. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, <laughs> you know, if somebody were to ask me, like we got it's so funny to me, Doug, because like our network is about church planting. We're getting ready to launch out our next church planter. It's going to be real hard to be like, hey, buddy, you should join Acts 29, you know, in all these things where it's like, we feel like if there's any church that's tried to be what Acts 29 is, it's been our church. And so that's why we're so confused. And yeah, we, we've had disagreements with leadership and, and decisions that were made. And we've always asked you guys, there is not a thing I can think of that I've said to somebody else that I haven't said to somebody in leadership or haven't processed through with, with somebody else. And so it just, it seems kind of silly to me. It seems like, it seems like we hurt somebody's feelings somehow. And uh, it'd probably just be easier to get rid of us than to deal with us. That's what I sense. Well, yeah, one of the things that one of the things I make clear for both you and Chase is, you know, as far as I'm aware, is because I I don't think anybody is saying you've sinned against people. Their sin has been, you know, committed individually, person to person. I don't think anybody, as far as the conversations I have, has any problem with you guys asking um, questions that would be questions of organizational integrity, like, hey, where does where does Brian go to church? Well, I don't think that's the issue. I think the perception is based on just people looking at social media, looking at other forums that you guys participate in. There just seems to be almost, and I'm not trying to make this, I'm trying to draw a principle. I'm not trying to attach a, a proof text to this, but kind of a, a, a Barnabas and Paul splitting over John Mark. There just seems to be uh, a difference of fit right now where we don't fit. We might fit theologically tight, but not, not philosophically. And it feels like, that uh, as people purvey and, and purview and review what you guys put out, social media and other places, that there's just this kind of subtle criticism 
of X29 where we are and what we're about. And so but you're not, I would say you're it's not more able, of that than right. Than and, and I get that. Like my I understand that my whatever I say on social may not jive as much as it used to with the ethos of the network. So I'm not an idiot. Like I can see that. I just am failing to understand how it's been a direct attack. Like when you messaged me, like remember Dave, when I posted a critique yeah, of Ru I, I do. We Russell, did I interact on Facebook? Yeah, and I posted a critique of yeah, Russell Moore. That was a good conversation we had and I was I was wrong in that chase. I mean you can and do whatever I was I was harsh and I was wrong on that. I'm sorry. Well, okay, yeah. And I've had good conversations with both of you guys as well. So, okay, you, I mean, you don't have to do this. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I mean, I guess that's the way it works. But. Let, let me ask a pragmatic question just because, one, um, I'm really mad and I'm afraid to talk because I'm afraid I'm going to say something because sure. right now I want to burn it down. That's where I'm at right now. Just so you know, I feel like this is wrong. It's unfounded. And it's just mean. And and you guys have to live with that, not me. But um, I've got men in my cohort that I love and I've invested a lot of time into. Um, so uh, <laughs> pragmatically, am I on the hook just to pay for this upcoming trip I have in two weeks? No. no. Not at all. Not at all. And Matt, I totally understand why you feel the way you do. I mean, I, I don't, don't think you do. do I don't think you do. That's fine. Okay, you perhaps, can say perhaps that. I Matt, perhaps I don't. Perhaps I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean to. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't. I don't but let me say this. Let me say this, if I may. Um, no, you're not on the hook for them financially. And, and I'm sure you can have a conversation with Justin Anderson as to how, like, what next? What happens next practically with that cohort? I sure you can have that conversation with him. Okay. You know, you know, and, and the fact you want to burn things down, I get that. Uh, you know, that's between you and the Lord, what you do there with that. What, when was this decision made? This decision was, uh, it's been, it's been in process for a little while, a couple of weeks, but it was, uh, our senior leaders met in Los Angeles two weeks ago and had the conversation our board met last week and finalized the decision, approved the decision. Um, and just to be like, so if I were to communicate to the cohort I'm in, I'm not coming because Action 29 kicked us out. Uh, and they go, why? What happened? What do you want me to tell them? First of all, you Tell them what you like, but you know the, the reason that we're giving you has been a, a pattern of combative and um, critical postures in, in, in the way you've communicated theological things, both inside and outside of Acts 29. So a, com a pattern of combative and what, critical? Okay. And then Chase, Chase, you tell them what you want. I wouldn't... I, please don't feel like I'm imposing upon you what you need to say. I appreciate the question. Right. I trust you. To, I trust you to say what you want. This is, no, I know. I, I, we have a responsibility as pastors to represent things as truthfully as possible, and I'm failing to be able to find words, and I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to give me words which uh, wouldn't impugn your network. Because at this point, you've given me no evidence other than that if you don't like the posture we're taking, that's, that's a legitimate thing. I don't like the posture you guys take, not you personally, the network. I, 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 we get it, we get it. So like, that's fine, but like, I've never viewed that as a reason. That's why we haven't broken fellowship. <laughs> like we're trying to walk the high road here. We're trying to be as faithful as we can with the money we've invested, the relationships we've built. And then unilaterally in some meeting of people that we don't know, somebody doesn't like either me personally or Matt personally, somebody's suspicion is reach a threshold where it's irrecoverable and irreconcilable between brothers. 
It was never brought to my attention or Matt's attention before this meeting. And now unilaterally we get summoned. There's been, there's, there's been conversations and meetings. Um, Dave and Donnie have had conversations. There, there's been conversations about seeking to understand, but I, I, I want, but I'm hearing you, I'm hearing you guys say you're upset and frustrated. Well, there's a lot of people that are frustrated as well with the combative public critique of the network. You keep so, saying public, but it's not public, right? I mean, like you, your social media stuff is what, when I say public, that's what I'm talking about. The open critique constantly of the network. But that's not there. You don't have any receipts of that because it's not there. Okay. No, I'm serious. I'm like, that's what I'm fit. Like, I'm happy to concede that point if you if it were there. Okay. And I'm I'm racking my conscience and my memory to try to go through what I've done and what I've said, and these are the consequences of my actions, I suppose. I'm just I'm really baffled by the public critique part. If it's just like Acts 29 doesn't like being questioned or critiqued in private conversations. Well, and y'all decided to kick us out because of that. Well, I've, I've, we, we, uh, I hope I've communicated um, that your questions don't equal critique and your questions can be valid. Everything you asked is not that. Of course not. You guys aren't evil. Right. Nobody's calling evil here. However, this is a, this is a, a Mark, John Marco moment. I don't see That's us so going weird. together any further in nor does X-29 in terms of leadership and from the posture and the, particularly the public criticisms and things that you say aren't public criticisms, but I would collectively say um, 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 from social media to anything, but don't hear an evil call. Don't hear some, you guys are demonic call here. This is not working. This is, it, it doesn't. We don't, we're no, we're not compatible with, in terms of how you guys have criticized and said those things. Well, but, and, but you're and, not, but there's no specific, there's like, that's what's baffling is like, let's say, let's use the word missional. That's a big word that Acts 29 uses and we use. And I've obviously been, we've been trying to figure out how to do missional better. So I started a podcast to try to talk with people about how to think more clearly about missional. I've, Ask questions. Hey, is this what missional means? I critique Russell Moore and Dave French publicly. I do that. They're not part of the network. Um, so, you know, like I just, I didn't, I, my efforts to try to gain clarity and articulate a vision for the church has led to uh, somebody not liking what I say I mean, Dave, it was whether whether you were right or wrong when you messaged me, it revealed a lot. It revealed a, a heck of a lot. When I'm getting a message on Facebook at midnight from a VP of a global network, because I critique Russell Moore, who's not a pastor in our network. He's just a thought leader. And and the fact that you took that so personally that that told me a lot and i found it really disappointing because i know that heart i used to have that heart with tim keller if people in my church criticized tim keller i'd be like who are you tim keller's amazing and so i understand that heart but brothers this is not this is not a giant like y'all want to compare it to a that's fine y'all can try to put that scripture on this situation and y'all can kick us out and you all have all the power, and that's that's um, that's apparently in the bylaws that none of us are allowed to see. But you know, any of these critiques. You see how you did that? You see how you did uh, that? You see how you did that? That we're not allowed to see the bylaws. You you see how you did that? That's you see how you did that? No, tell me. I'm not trying to be well, mean. I'm... Chase, let me go back to the, the conversation about uh, Russell Moore. Um, yeah, I, 
you know, Russell Moore does attend one of our churches. You probably don't know that. He's a member of uh, Emmanuel in, in Nashville, which is fine. But the, the public posture of going out and going out and what I didn't care for was airing this out in front of everybody, a critique of another Christian leader regardless. Um, so I, don't know. I just didn't, I didn't find that helpful. I, I mean, but that was my personal thing. That was not me speaking on behalf of Acts 29. That was not me doing anything but responding personally to you to say, hey, bro, what are you, what are you doing here? Like, help me understand. And you did that. You said, hey, there's, there's another way other than the Keller-esque third way of being a little bit more direct. And, and I felt like we had a good conversation. That wasn't Dane saying, you can't do this anymore, and, and I don't like you. That had nothing to do with any of that. It was me just saying, I don't understand what you're doing here, bro. I don't understand this need of critiquing even people that are not directly aligned with us but are loosely aligned with us and having that conversation in the public forum and using and using podcasts and using blogs to kind of do that. that I, I don't understand that. It's a fine way of going about it. I'm not even saying it's morally wrong. But that's all that conversation was. It wasn't more than that. It does seem like there have been multiple conversations around that topic many, many times where we end up in the same place. Hey, I don't see what we're doing. I don't get it. Uh, we're going to keep doing it, but we're, we just don't get it. And that, that's a little bit... You guys are bright dudes. You're super bright dudes. You're godly dudes. I get that. It just seems like we're at an impasse and we can't move forward here. What did How I, I do? This just to go back, Doug. What did I do just then? That is is. Uh, it's it's where you said you guys won't let us see the bylaws, and so what they're saying is the fact our posture that the network's not sharing those things is not receiving their leadership is how I would interpret that. Is that no then that's not no I, I, I don't know I don't want to speak for Doug, but you know, everybody knows what John Needham's put online, everybody knows what's seeing that. It, it, it felt like a, it is it, it it yeah, it felt like a little bit of a cut. And I get it. I get it. If it's a cut, it's a cut. If it's that's what it is, that's what it is. But anyway. Guys, I wonder at what point this is not productive to talk anymore. I mean I don't wanna this is heavy and hard and I get all that and, and Matt, you have invested so much. I get all that. I really do. I appreciate that. I don't want to cut short our time. I also don't want to frustrate you guys further. I don't want to pile on anyway. So what's helpful here? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if we're going anywhere. I mean, it's, uh, you know, for me, about 14 years, just gone in a little call, um, that apparently there's men that planted my church who are on that leadership team who live a few miles from me that didn't have the balls to call me and tell me that they're thinking about this. That hurts. Um, and so, you know, this is, I, I, I want you guys to know that I think this is wrong. It's unnecessarily hurtful. And I think it's bad leadership from the leadership of the network. As somebody who sits on multiple boards myself, I'm extremely disappointed and saddened. That's where I'm at right now. So I just want to express that to y'all. I do love you guys. I love I love all the men that invested me in over time. And so um, extremely disappointed though. Um, probably I'm really struggling to think of something where I've been this disappointed over in my whole entire life. And so um, that's for me to wrestle with. Um, that's all I've got. Chase. What? If you had something. Oh, oh no. Well, I mean, like, you. I, yeah. I'm disappointed. I mean, I, I echo Matt's emotions. I tend to sit on it and process it later. Right now, I'm just, I'm annoyed by the unilateral nature of the decision without any conversations that would lead us to conclude that we were violating some uh, thing that could get us into this position. You know, uh, that's really unchristian in my mind. That's not, not how we should treat one another. And uh, obviously I've, you know, I take it from both your reactions with my mention of the bylaws. I understand that there's a perception of me that I will consider and take before the Lord regarding my own, uh, you know, personality and wiring and temperament that I need to be sanctified. And, uh, 
you both have my number and we uh yeah we're just really disappointed this doesn't need to be this way and we're perplexed as to how it got this way and uh we'll see what happens and Chase, I'll be sure to, and, and of course, you guys are free to talk to anybody you want in leadership. Please don't feel like you're restricted to just talk to me and Doug in this one conversation. We can talk further. But what I will, re what I will, uh, Matt, what I will communicate, the three points I heard you make that I will communicate to our leadership immediately is um, you feel this is wrong, you feel this is unnecessary and you feel like this is bad leadership. I'll make sure to convey those as I summarize this conversation with, with uh, senior leaders. And again, you guys feel free to say and do whatever you want. Of course, I trust, you know, I trust in the Holy spirit. You, you'll do that as, as he leads. All right. Guys, thank you. Yep. Thanks, Bye. thanks for the time. Thank you. See you. All right, so that is the phone call. That is where we were removed. Um, I wanted to kind of start off from Matt's perspective. We've obviously sought counsel on this topic, you know, try to understand what's going on. Um, what are some initial thoughts you have that you would want people to know more about um, kind of after hearing that phone call, Matt? Yeah, I would just say that the overarching thing as we start is uh, the lack of clarity that came from it. The, the, the just um, inability to provide any sort of evidence. Um, at one point in the call, uh, I, I referred to it as a trial without evidence. And then you just find out you're guilty and you ask why you're guilty. And everybody just says, because you are. And that, that's just not how we're to operate. I don't even think that that's actually biblical remotely. Um, I want to be cautious there of not putting the same expectations of a church's relationship to a network as a church in Matthew 18 and all that kind of stuff. But that doesn't even apply there because as they stated in the call, there was no sin. And so therefore the confusion and the lack of clarity uh, is just not helpful at all. Uh, um, I, I think Chase, you did a good job of expressing like, tell me where I was wrong. Tell me what I did. And, their inability to even share that is, is, is terrible. I mean, we, we tell people in our churches all the time, right? You can't just repent of things generically. You have to be specific as to what you're repenting and confessing. Uh, that's how we grow. And so we weren't even given the opportunity to maybe grow or, or to learn. And I think that that was indicative of the leadership and the lack of clarity that kind of surrounds Acts 29 as it sits today. Yeah, and I think the context of the phone call, maybe if we were to move it into the realm of like a uh, a business, because that's how it feels like the uh, a lot of the evangelical kind of superstructure is arranged, a very pragmatic approach to church relations. If I were to put it in that context, I can legitimately see a place for people to, you know, be removed from fellowship or part ways. Okay, so if they were able to say on the call, Chase, we define missional as this. You define missional as this. Here's the article you wrote about that. And that's why that's why we're saying we're not aligned and you are yeah. not uh, your your vision for missional and our vision or gospel centered. I have an episode on that. Your vision for gospel centered is no longer the same as Acts 29's vision for God. If they could just provide some clarity there, but they were even unable to do that. And that's why I on the phone call was so um, really adamant. And I still feel this way. That because of some comments I've made, just asking questions publicly, sharing some episodes of my podcast, um, highlighting some maybe issues with those words, phrases, concepts, which are derived from the Bible, but are often superimposed on the biblical text. Um, I, I can see that, but those to me don't rise to the level of having to disfellowship someone. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And I think it's good for listeners to have context, too as to how that's gone. Um, Chase, you, you're much more um, active online than I am. Uh, and, and that's great. You're good at it. You're, you're a great writer. And so you use that platform. Well, um, I chose to kind of be more internal. And so Acts 29 had a thing through Facebook, which was called Workplace, which was like an online chat form. And in there, I was asking some hard questions around the race issues. And I was 
um, asking questions um, when COVID was going about, uh, you know, how we're going to handle this. I remember one time I commented something just almost being playful. I know I was being playful. I just said, guys, if I have to wear a mask one more time, I think I'm going to jail. And I was just joking, you know, it was meant to be playful. And the amount of um, pushback I got for saying that was quite shocking. Um, And the X-29 that I knew uh, had kind of the oomph, if you will, to handle that and be playful or go, I disagree with that, but that's funny or whatever, you know? And so there's a lot going on there, um, whether it's you online or me kind of behind the scenes. And I think it's to be fair to X-29, I I can understand when they say in the call, you guys are not a good fit, but there needs to be something after that. The, The reason why, like the things that you stated, um, that, that, that needs to be stated, not just a generic, you, you know, you, you, you know what we're talking about, or as Doug said repeatedly, it's the whole thing. Well, we don't know what that means. And that, that's just, um, a pretty hard thing to receive, you know, and, and even grow from. Yeah. There's no policing of orthopraxy or so has been said on an Acts 29 call. Um, and so there's a, there's a great deal of what I sense of duplicity and their willingness to tolerate certain behaviors in the pulpit and in the public square, whether it's, you know, um, Guy Mason promoting trans ideology, Jerome Gay having a woman preach at his church, both Acts 29 churches, that's that's permissible. They're not disfellowshipped. But some someone who has private conversations asking questions, maybe challenging a pattern that we're seeing um, and, and really trying to seek understanding, trying to dwell on unity in that way. And then even offering some public thoughts online about, you know, concepts, theological concepts, um, that that is actually enforced. That is orthopraxy. That's actually announced yeah. for removal. And so there's a great deal of duplicity. And that's confusing to, to guys like me is like, what's going on here? And so uh, that that unnerves me um, mm-hmm. and annoys me. And, uh, you know. Uh, it, it, it just really is a sad thing to me. It doesn't have to be this way because all someone would have to say is like, well, here's our stance on this matter. And I get there's a lot of pressure on Christian leaders today to take stances, you know, and mm-hmm. to do certain things, release certain statements. We get that. We, we have been in those conversations ourselves at our church. But I think for an organization that's responsible, you know, for 700 churches, planting more churches is their aspiration, a good aspiration. Uh, we want to plant churches as well. We are planting churches um, to to neglect, you know, some really weighty matters today regarding sexuality, regarding complementarian theology, regarding and just providing clarity for people that that's really neglectful leadership and ignoring some really significant things away. I think there's a C.S. Lewis Lewis uh, quote um, about you know there's a flood happening um, and it's maybe it's like the Titanic and it's going down. And, and there's a lot of people right now with fire extinguishers trying to put out a fire on the deck. And it's like, that's not the most important issue right now. Like, yeah. And so we're trying, we were trying to highlight that the ship seems to be sinking, not in terms of necessarily Acts 29, just culturally, things seem to be eroding. Uh, things seem to have shifted. And so what are we going to do about it? How are we going to save people? How are we going to reach people? How are we going to engage culture today? And all the while they're like, how dare you speak too loudly about that? Or how dare you raise that question publicly? Or how dare you say we're not good enough or whatever perception they may have. And this is, that's that's what a lot of it comes down to for me is perception, you know, and people can hear things online one way. I've learned my lesson on Facebook. When you share a hot take on Facebook, people are coming there for puppy dog (laughs) photos and life updates about your latest anniversary trip. They're not looking for Chase's hot takes. And so I've tried to pull it down on that platform just because it seems to be unnecessarily aggravating to some people. But uh, but a lot of it just comes down to perception and personal slights that could easily be resolved, you know, and seek understanding. You even heard that on the call between me and Dave Ruskus when, you know, he reached out to me about uh, kind of me distancing from Russell Moore on Facebook. And, you know, that was a that was fine. Like, I'm fine with that. Like, message me. You know, we can disagree as brothers in Christ. So that was really. But it was telling, as you said, in the call, it was telling. Tell me tell me more about that. Yeah, it, it shows us um, our network has a lot of friendships outside of our network, which is totally fine. That makes sense. But there is kind of the evangelical elite, or as they call them these days, the big Eva, 
right, that are out there that seem to be untouchable. And if you question one's method me methodology, then they take that as a personal attack. And I think where people like you are misunderstood in these kinds of things, Chase, is that you're coming at it more academically. You're kind of just saying, I think this method is maybe not the best method here. You're, you're not even questioning that person's salvation or all these things that you may get accused of. But what it shows us is a level of fight for men that aren't in our network and a allegiance to uh, methods over what our network stated, our former network's stated mission is, which is to plant churches. And, and I think it's a little bit absurd to kind of believe that um, we don't speak to orthopraxy. Like that's an impossible thing. Actually, Chase, you should talk about that. You wrote a book on it. Like help people understand that, why that's an impossible thing. Yeah. So the, the issue of orthodoxy, orthopraxy and orthopathy or orthopathia, those are three issues that in my mind in the, theological studies, biblical studies, really the Christian life, they all go together. Um, for one, to separate matters of orthopraxy from their life uh, is, it, I mean, that is the heart of antinomianism. I mean, it's just, it's saying we don't care about how you behave in life. And uh, to me, that just reflects kind of the the neutered kind of gospel centered ethos, which is there's mercy and grace in Christ. That's all we need to focus on in every sermon. We're never going to apply the word of God to your life and encourage you to live in accordance with the word of God and call you to repentance. I think what a lot of people are scared of in that is they're scared of legalism. They're scared of like this, this obsession with doing the right thing. And so I think a lot of people hear that as an encouragement to go back to maybe some kind of uh, strange fundamentalism. And that's not the call. In my mind, those three are connected, uh, which if you were to read my book, and I can put a link to that in the show notes uh, with this idea of triperspectivalism, where all three are essential for the Christian life. And, and honestly, I was deficient in this early on in ministry because I become reformed, love the doctrines of grace. My friends that are Presbyterian would joke that I'm not truly reformed, I'm just Calvinistic <laughs> in my soteriology. That's totally fine. My point being is that when people become reformed, oftentimes they can become antinomian easily because all of a sudden the mercy and grace of Christ is like, oh my gosh, it never stops. Like he, his forgiveness is unending and his mercy never ends. Like this is great news for all sinners. And so what we can tend to do is focus on that and ignore orthopraxy. And so I think that that statement right there is super revealing because it reveals a spirit of antinomianism. And if you don't know what that is, it's just against law. It's, it's, it's saying the, the parts of scripture that are maybe hard to understand or need to be applied to our lives or confront us in our sin, we're just going to ignore that. The only use of the law is bad, meaning that it's a negative diagnostic. It's, it's only uses to reveal your sin, and then you run to Jesus. And that is a use of the law, but there's other uses as well. It's a pedagogical thing. And if we can't pray like David prayed, saying how I love your law, your law is good. Then, then I don't know that we're understanding the biblical terrain well. And so I think that this issue of orthopraxy really matters when you're talking about, you know, women preaching or that kind of thing. And, and on these matters, we're just looking for clarity. And they could tell us, hey, we're going to allow this. And then we would go to our elders and be like, okay, we're now part of a network that's going to permit this. Do we still want to be part of this network? That would be a conversation we could actually have. But because they remain indifferent because of their antinomian inclinations, they're going to see more of this keep happening, this lack of clarity, which is so important in our day, especially from people who are responsible for so many churches. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it it's a lot to take in when I, I perceived our network as being clear when I was younger. And I could be wrong on that because we were so young when we started in the network and we just wanted some brotherhood and we, we felt like we didn't know what we were doing. And so it was great to have that. And it just seemed to kind of erode over time when Acts 29 became more concerned, in my opinion, as being more of a brand than a network of churches that were aligned theologically. Um, I, I'm sure, to be fair to them, I'm sure they would say, we still are. Well, I disagree. And I think a lot of churches in the network do disagree. I've heard from several guys. But, you know, Chase, for me, going back to the call a little bit and thinking about it, you know, one of the reasons we decided to do this was because things were being shared about us that were not true. And I think one of the things that's actually revealing and kind of frees us up and shows a lie being told, it, the main is that we had lots of conversations leading up about all of this. Um, at the very beginning of the call, Dave says, 
I know you're blindsided by this. Right. Uh, if we were having lots of conversations, you wouldn't be blindsided. Um, I own businesses, you own businesses. Uh, a good method for firing somebody is that it should never be a surprise to them. That means you've led well, you've had conversations and we were blindsided. I think that's obvious in the call and what you can see. And it just speaks to that thing of, I, I really think they don't want to hurt people's feelings. I think that's a big thing. You hear that with Doug when he says, we're asking for clarity. And he says, I'm about to cry, which I believe that that's true. I do believe Doug somewhere in his heart does love us. You know, um, I believe it was sad for him. Uh, but nonetheless, you're, you're just appealing to emotions at that point. That's, that's not actually giving anything to grow off of. Emotions are real. They're good. But it doesn't help me. You just getting on a call and saying, I know you're blindsided and I'm going to cry. That doesn't help us out in any ways. I mean, I, I don't know. What was your take on that, Chase? Yeah, I just kind of brushed it off as emoting. I mean, I'm fine with people being upset. Um, but I think when I think of Doug as a, you know, he's a friend, you know, he has been a friend. Our friendship, the terms of conditions of our friendship have obviously changed currently. <laughs> but I think what when I was talking to my wife, talking to our elders about it, you know, these men were we're paid by Action 29. I say we're because Dave Bruscus actually is no longer employed by Action 29. I don't know why he stepped down. I thought about reaching out, but I just didn't know if that was my place. He's now employed in Dallas, not even in the Action 29 church. So he left Action 29. Um, these are men who were paid by the board to enact the wishes of the board. And so I think that differentiates any kind of animosity I have. Because yeah, honestly, bro, like if I was in their shoes and I'm being told by this organization, you need to enact our will or you get fired, then that's a really heavy thing for me to carry. And so yeah. I, I have, a, you know, a lot of people would want to dump on these guys. And I'm like, I honestly sympathize with their role and responsibility within the broader organization. That doesn't mean they're not responsible for the words they said or the actions they did, but it it's just kind of like they're men. And the fact that the board never, you know, the board never reached out to us. We can never, we always asked, can we talk to the board? Can we, can we ask clarification questions of the board? One, they never would talk to us. And two, apparently they were talking about us behind our back, unbeknownst to us. You Which know, I asked him about. Yeah. Yeah. And I was told, no, we're not. Cause I asked at one point, it feels like we're blacklisted from this network, not on the call in a previous conversation. And they said, absolutely not. We're, there's no conversations that I know of going on about you guys and leadership. Right. And so, you know, I, I don't know who's telling the truth and who's not. I'm, I don't want to presume anybody's lying. Maybe they just didn't know. But yeah, it's 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 not a it, it's just not clear. Yeah. And so hopefully this sharing this has provided some clarity to our listeners. Uh, if you go to the Well Church, maybe it, it'll help you at least kind of rest easy knowing that, you know, we're trying to do the best we can stay humble, stay receptive. And, um, and hopefully if you're applying to action, I would encourage you to reconsider or at least ask some really clarifying questions going in. And if you're part of action 29, we just wanted to provide some clarity to you regarding what you're being told about us, our demeanor, our behavior, and the context surrounding this, this, uh, disfellowshipping of our church from the network. Matt, do you have any closing thoughts for, for our listeners here? Yeah, I would just say, I think the majority of the conversation was around us asking for specifics. Because um, what was the reason we were disfellowshipped was because of constant public critiques of the network is what was stated to us. Still to this day, we have not now, if you're listening to this now, I think it's important to note, we have critiqued the network publicly. And I, you would say that we're doing that right now right. on this, but prior to being removed, uh, to my knowledge, there was never any public critiques of the network, um, especially in the negative form. And so I think it's important to say we still to this day have not been given any example. We've never been given anything written up. That call is the only thing we've gotten um, from Acts 29 in regards to our removal. Yeah, and there's no process of appeal. So you, you can't appeal these decisions. These decisions are made unilaterally. And um, I think that speaks to a broader cultural issue in evangelicalism, kind of this idea of the 11th commandment, how you're not allowed to critique publicly. The only thing you're allowed to do is celebrate publicly. I think that's a that's really a, a, a sad, sad thing. I don't think it's a biblical 
uh, standard. It's adding to God's law. And so even if somebody were to perceive maybe a public critique of Tim Keller or Russell Moore or anything like that, who, like I said, are not in leadership in Acts 29, um, it reveals a very uh, deep cultural rot in evangelicalism where it's more like a business and it's about who you know and who you're friends with. And loyalty is really important. We don't want to you know, discount that. But when we elevate loyalty in this 11th commandment idea, to the place where now you can disfellowship people if they kind of hurt your feelings with something they say. I just, I don't see that as being a biblical standard that's really enforceable and it can only lead to more disunity, not greater unity. So that's, that's kind of how I sense a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Well, Matt, thanks for joining me on this call today. I know it's a, it's a hard thing to do just to listen to this. Um, I know for some people it's more of a laughing matter in terms of like, I can't believe they did that. Um, but for me, you know, like this is a, a grievous thing. Um, it's a sad thing. Uh, we hope for the best. We want Acts 29 to be what what it could be. Um, and and what we believe, that's why we stayed in it, is we thought, you know, this is this is something worth recovering. And so hopefully this this was helpful for you. Uh, Matt, thanks for being on the call today and uh, and taking some time to share your thoughts. Happy to be here, man. All right. If you're a listener and you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you give it a a great rating. Maybe you didn't enjoy the audio, but maybe you enjoyed our commentary. Give it a rating, subscribe. Uh, You can sign up anywhere. I also have the Patreon link in the show notes. Um, You can sign up for that. Any dollar amount helps me bring great content to you. And we will have some great content coming your way. I'll be sharing a talk on winsomeness I recently gave on this in audio form um, coming up in the next month. So you can look forward to that. But until then, we'll see you next time.